Welcome to In Gear, a podcast focused on one-to-one conversations with marketing and technology leaders doing innovative things and creating unique experiences. In Gear is produced by Message Gears, a customer marketing technology provider serving radically different software for the world's largest brands. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In Gear. Today, we're joined by a longtime friend and familiar face in the email marketing industry, Scott Cohen. Um, Scott, how are you doing? Good, man. How about you? I am hanging in there. Just, you know, 2022, 2020. What what year is it? Who knows what? <laughs> uh, it's just all blending together at this point. Totally, man. The, the, yeah, the last true travel conference is what two years ago now just man yeah it's been a it's been a while i think this year is the year we're actually getting back out on the road i think it's going to be i think it's going to be like our life is going to be pre-covid covid post-covid post-covid and i think i think i think we're the the country's currently in an argument about whether we're post-covid yet but yeah there's definitely pre-covid for sure Pre-COVID, yeah, it feels it feels uh, it feels like a dream pre-COVID, um, and we'll we'll see we'll see about post-COVID. Um, look, after spending years in the agency, Scott, uh, for those who aren't familiar with Scott, he's he's been running email and CRM programs at brands like One Eight Hundred Contacts, Purple, and he's now at Smile Direct Club, and he is the director of CRM lead conversion. Uh, he is also known for being involved with the Email Experience Council. He's on the board. It's the ANA's Email Experience Council now. Uh, and last year was named the Email Marketer of the Year by the organization, which is pretty freaking cool, man. <laughs> I mean, that was a surprise. I was like, really? All right, sweet. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's it's a pleasure to have you on. Let's. Um, I, I think there's plenty of people that do know you from seeing you at events or virtual events or whatever, but, um, you know, tell us a little bit about your own background and how you got into email marketing. Well, nobody goes to school for what we do, right? Well, so, um, or not even going to school, but nobody has a class in what we do. Even it, it seems it's rare. It's, there's it's no, very there's rare. No college, there's no college kid saying, I want to be an email marketer. No. And there's no class like email marketing, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah I actually went I went to college, uh, East Coast, James Madison University, um, started as a music major. My, my grand scheme in life was I was going to be a, a high school band teacher. And then about halfway through my first semester went, oh, I want to enjoy college. Um, <laughs> and I mean, because if you're, it is hardcore. I mean, being a music major is hardcore and it's you learn pretty quick whether you actually want to do it or not um and so i actually changed majors and went into jamie at the time and i think they still do it they have what they call the school media arts and design and so they have a lot of programs but the one i went into was corporate communications um really it was what i considered the closest to being an advertising major that wasn't in the business school because I had no interest in doing accounting, no interest in economics, any of that crap, because no thanks. Um, And I I wanted to be a copywriter because when I was in high school, I made movies with friends and we wrote stuff. And there was a brief time I thought I wanted to be a film major. My dad said, no, please, God, don't do that. Go to school and get a 
you know, a degree in something that's marketable. Um, and so I was a copywriter and, you know, internships. I did a, I did a small stint at the, the Martin agency, which I don't know if they still do, but at the time they had like Geico, they had Quiznos, they had, you know, all the, like all the Geico commercials you've seen for years come from that agency. Um, and right out of college, did copywriting, did, worked at an online university for a long time. Western Governors University was a copywriter there. And that's when, as we all say, we fell into email. And it was the, you're writing the emails. Why don't you just do them? And I went, okay. And I, my first conference was the Email Evolution Conference in 2009 in Scottsdale. I think the one year they were in Arizona. And although I think they're going back this year, um, but yeah, that was like, I met a whole bunch of people. I got on Twitter when Twitter was still like, you know, not the death knell of society. Yes. It was the fail whale <laughs> era, as yes. I like to say, but the kids don't understand. <laughs> oh um, man, I forgot the fail whale. Yes. The fail whale era of Twitter, but like that was where the conversation, the industry was at the time was, I mean, of course, conferences and stuff like that, but really was on Twitter and you know, I think that's where we first started chatting. That's where, you know, Lauren McDonald and Andrew Kordak and all the people, there's too many to name, um, really got involved. And I was a brand side marketer and am now, but that was like, oh my God, your brand side. That's so cool. Because I think you find in any industry that the vendors tend to lead discussion because obviously there's a marketing component to that. And, you know, it's, it's natural and it's fine. But that's really where I got involved. And I fell in love with the channel because I could see the results of what I was doing. I spent my early career writing ads for television and radio. Yeah. Old school television and radio, yeah. not connected TV. None, none of this Spotify stuff even existed back then. Um, but you couldn't really see the results or at least the direct results. You got like, hey, we ran the ads for a while and we got all this traffic. Yay. But there was not like this direct attribution, this direct, like you sent this and it drove this many sales. Like, it, and I just love that. Um, so from there, I've kind of bounced back and forth a little bit, but I went and went agency side and worked at Inbox Group for a little over a year and kind of had one of those, I wasn't ready to work from home at that phase of my life. Mm -hmm. um, and the university called and said, you know that, um, creative team you wanted yeah come we have one now come run it and so i came i went back and did that for a while um moved east because i was living in utah at the time went back east where uh, i grew up um ended up doing agency life with inbox group in which became inbox army did that for five years and then we decided to move back here to utah in salt lake city again and Decided agency life wasn't for me anymore, which is uh, agency life is great, but it's really hard. It is because you get like a breadth of experience. You work with multiple clients and different industries, but it you have to have a constitution to work agency side because you just are on all the time. And I was wondering about that. I've never worked agency side, but it does yeah. seem like, I mean, you were supposed to be the expert. Yeah. Um, yeah. And all everybody's, they're paying you to fix, mm -hmm. fix things for them. Right. 
exactly and, and run things for them i mean the the yes. the great it was you know full service getting getting the production work done doing the strategy everything like having essentially you're farming out your email team right it is essentially what that type of agency life is and when you have clients east coast and west coast <laughs> uh you know you're burning the burning the candle at both sides at both sides and you know it's like i said i loved it you know it was a great team um but at a certain point i went i have kids i'd like to see them um <laughs> so it that's the i i think like i i took a little bit of time off and then to your point like i've spent my last three roles have been uh, brand side. So I was at 1-800-CONTACTS running their email program for a little over a year. Purple called, said, build our email program, did that for almost two years. And now I'm on week nine with Smile Direct Club. So coming in to take their program to the next level, which is which is fun. But yeah, it's email is one of those things that when I took that time off after Inbox Army, I was like, maybe I won't do email anymore. And then I went, no, I'm good at it. And I like it. I just needed a minute <laughs> to reset. I, I do think, you know, it's it's funny to hear you talk about, I obviously have, everybody's got different paths, but I started, uh, I stumbled into email and my first conference was email evolution conference. It was in Miami. I want to say it was 07. Um but yeah, I mean, like a lot of those things are, are, are similar, but there's so many places you can go with, e- like you can flex a lot of different muscles with email. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the analytical side, there's the uh, creative side, there's the, you know, there's just, there's a lot of, um, there's just a lot of variables and a lot of different ways you can do, w- ways you can go and use your brain. Um, you mentioned something too about, um been in the email space a long time. Vendors seem to dominate the conversation or control the conversation a lot. Um, but also, I also think, you know, if, if you go to like the email evolution conference or some of these other conferences, sometimes it feels like we talk about the same things oh, year after sure. year after year. Um, having been in the space so long and been, been connected both on agency and brand side, I mean, how has the industry changed and how are, you know, what are things that we still talk about that we were talking about, you know, 15 years ago? Uh, let's see. Relevance. We still talk about, but I think that there's, honestly, it's the way the space has been. I feel like the email space is one of those, you either stay in it forever or you're in it and you're gone. And there's no like middle ground, right? There's no, <laughs> There's no like, oh, I was I was doing email here, then I took a year off, and I was doing email here. Like you either it's like you're you become a nerd, you become the email geek, or you go, I'm gonna go do other things. And email has channels have been trying to kill email for what 25 years. I mean, when I came in, since it came around, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what was I? God, I have I did when I had my personal blog years ago and i was writing about email i believe i was asking about the facebook.com email address and how it would change email because and what did that last was six months and then there was what google wave that was hilarious um there's all these things that try to kill it off and email still just kind of 
plugs along. There's all like teenagers don't use them. Like, yeah, because they aren't working yet. You know, like there's there's just this not permanence because nothing's permanent, obviously, but there's just sort of this. It's almost like a zombie, right? Like it email email has this zombie feeling to it of like it's never really gonna die, even though people keep trying to kill it. And to your point, like we have been talking about the same things for years, but because new people keep coming in to the industry, right? And I feel like strategy, like you get into every every business I've been in, you get into it and you go, okay, how do we apply strategy to that unique situation? But the the high, you know, the, the, the relevance conversation, the you know, know what your customers have done with you. The, the, you know, the, those pieces of data that become important, like those have always been important and those have always been critical, but email also makes money if you do nothing right, which is the other scary thing about it. Like why yeah. is spam, why does spam exist? Because it makes money. Why does it persist? Yeah. Cause it's, it's lucrative. Cause yeah. if it didn't make money, it would not exist. Like that, I mean, that, and people go, oh, spam, spam, spam. Like it's around because people fought for it, you know, or it's around because of all these things. Um, yeah, it, I think like the, the industry has changed and what we talk about has changed as technology has changed, right? So you think about like, but it's more tactical. It's more like AMP for email, for example. Like, how does that, it's, you know, the, the support for it isn't there or, or isn't where it should be. Or like, gosh, we've been talking about video and email for 10 years and every year it gets a little closer to full support, right? And it's like, there are a lot of those pieces that you just go, okay, how do you apply it in your, in your life? And I think that the, the struggle I've seen in the space is, is that application to, you know, how, like, I'm thinking about when I've done webinars or I've done things like this, I always think about what's the take home for somebody. Um, And I think the advantage of me in my career is that I've been in those, like I did traditional e-com, but in industries where it was different, right? Like purple mattresses, like that's a big ticket item. That's a high consideration purchase. That's unique. I'm not just trying to sell socks or t-shirts or something like that. And, you know, prescription business over e-commerce, like that's really unique. And so it's the hard, things yeah. that a lot of people talk about just don't apply. And so you have to sit there and go, how do I translate these nuggets of broad information into something I can go into my business tomorrow and activate on? And that's, I think that's the hardest thing for any email marketer to do. The, you know, you mentioned the, the uniqueness of the, the brands you've worked at, but I started, I started my career uh, selling sporting equipment and uh, e-commerce. And so it was easy to get a transaction. Your, your path is like hard stuff to buy online, right? Like contacts, mattresses. Now, you know, the dental space now, aligners, like what has drawn you to these brands that it's, it's like, it's hard. You just mentioned it, like it doesn't, not all the best practices apply. Why do you keep going to these jobs? Why do you, why do you keep making it hard on yourself? Uh, I like the challenge, right? So it's, I've always said I'm a builder, not a maintainer. So um, it's. 
that like, you know, people go, why did you go to purple? You had this great job. And I go, cause I wanted to build something, right? You, you take this, these items that like I wear glasses, super mild prescription. I don't wear contacts. Like, why would I go work for a contact lens provider? It's because we're making people better. Like we make people feel better. They can see, they can do their daily lives. Like there's, there's life improvement there. So let's say there's a bit of an altruistic side to me of like, I, I've gone to brands, like I worked in higher education. So at the end of the day, if I had a crap day, I helped people get an education to improve their lives. If I had a crap day, I helped people see you know, if I had a crap day, I helped people sleep. Like here, it's like the confidence of, you know, straightening your teeth, having that smile you love. Like there's those, those intangibles that make you feel good that you're changing people's lives in a truly positive way. And you're not just like selling widgets that people don't need. Right. Um, so that you, know, you go, why, why do I embrace those challenges? That's why. And it's also like, at Purple, it was all about, I'm all, I was always diving into what's the next, next logical product? Like, what does that look like when you have a product that people buy and then don't buy again for 10 years? Or, you know, right now with aligners and with contacts, it's a sing, it's ultimately a single skew business because you're getting a prescription. Like glasses, you get lens parameters and you do whatever you want, right? Pers- contacts, you get it for the specific brand. Yep. And like aligners, it's specific to your teeth. Like you're going to be wearing this for this long, then you switch to this for this long, you switch to this for this long, and we get you there. So it's like, there's that challenge and getting people over that. Like, and for some of these things, like contacts is a little different, but like higher education, people think about going back to school for years. So how do you, so, so how do you craft an automation that factors in the people that raise their hand going, I'm ready to start now versus the people going, I just want to learn. And I'm in the same boat here of like, we're very front loaded. How do you get the people that come back in six months? How do we reactivate people later down the line where they raise their hands and they're like, I don't know, maybe not right now. You know, what are those? I feel like that's where the fun is, is going, where do we tap in? What works? What are the, you know, how do people make like the human psychology elements always fascinating me. Like, how do people make decisions? There's sort of the rational side and the emotional side. And some people, they need the emotional met and then the rational met. And the other way it's, they need rational met first and then emotional met. So it's like, that's just fascinating to me. And I feel like, you know, that's where the fun is. And then of course you just, I think what you learn everywhere is applicable everywhere else. And so there's no like, bad comp there's no bad products to work for i would say you know there's always bad companies and i haven't run into any yet but um personally thank god but you know there's there's no like i don't sit there and go man my four and a half years of writing copy for one western governors was completely useless because i used it every day when i worked at purple i'm starting to use it again here because i'm like i'm talking to the creative team going no this is what i'm thinking and they go oh yeah okay so it's there's no experience in your life that is useless. It all builds. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with that. So on uh, yeah, at smile direct, you're brand new there. Like yeah. you started, you said seven weeks, eight weeks, whatever. December, I think is, you know, uh, right after Christmas. Yeah. Right after Christmas, Merry Christmas, happy new year. Make, you know, here's a new challenge for you. What, yep. um, 
what are you focused on? I mean, you, you mentioned some of it here at a high level, but like, what are you, what are you doing in your current role? And like, when you wake up in the morning, what's Scott thinking about? Um, yeah. So my role covers a, a few things, but the predominant piece is um, like, if you think about buying aligners online, you have, but there's, there's two pieces of it. There is, you can buy an impression kit, which you literally like they send you the putty and you do it yourself at home and then you mail it in and then you know they, they do the whole treatment plan from that. Or you we have what we call smile shops where it's like literally, for lack of a better phrase, storefronts where you can go in and we'll do scans. People will do scans of your of your teeth. So my predominant role is to get people to buy a kit or schedule a scan right now. But then I've also got referral. The referral program. So I'm building that whole piece out. Um, and then we have a whole oral care line. So like white teeth whitening, you know, water flossers, all this stuff like that, that is really becoming a big piece of the company beyond the core business of aligners and supporting that. So like we have some support for that in broadcast, but like building out referral there, getting smarter on automations. Like there's a lot of pieces that it's just like, hey, we want your expertise, dive in. So you talk about like what I'm what I'm thinking about on a daily basis. It's like, how do I free up resources over here so that my people can do these pieces over here? This is the first role, honestly, where I've been told I'm not allowed to get in the weeds, which is well, exciting. Kind of cool. Yeah. It's cool. It's scary, but it's cool, you know, because I'm just not it's it's pure strategies pure asking like i've spent the last eight weeks going why is it being done this way or where is this report like really diving into data asking questions um it's it's fun you know and i i and i'm learning the business and like like i said the you know the i think spending time in contact certainly helped prepare me for this role because mm-hmm. again that signal skew that prescription type business but the phases are different the decisions are different um you know, it's, it's, it's just fascinating. It's, it's like, why would people walk away from this? Or why is it that if this thing is free, they actually return it less than if they pay for it? Like human psychology is just so weird, you know, and it's just, mm. I love it. How do you, I mean, I assume most of your business is just, you know, people finding you or, you know, your ads are everywhere and, and people come to the website and they're curious about it. But I mean, how are you, Like, how do you know when somebody's, how do you target people that are in market for aligners? Um, Like, how does that, how does that happen? I mean, are are there signals you guys look at or is it just people come into the site and sign I think a lot of it is awareness, of course. Um, You know, there's, you know, Invisalign has owned the market for a long time, but, you know, doing a different way, doing it all online. you know, that's different. So there's the awareness of you can do this outside of your dentist's office or your orthodontist's yeah. office. Um, so there's a lot of awareness play going on right now. Uh, you know, my role is to convert them once they sign up, of course. Um, but then, of course, word of mouth is, is a big thing. It's big everywhere, of course. You know, word of mouth is the best marketing channel you have. So how do you facilitate that is a big thing. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, heck, I'm probably going to, I had braces when I was in my teens, I'll probably do some aligners here in, in short order, just, just you know, a little cleanup. I mean, I think that's 
it's one of those things that people have, have been thinking about forever. I mean, if you have, even if you've had braces, I mean, I, you know, my teeth, this tooth moved back and these teeth are moving. Like yep. your teeth are always Same moving. Same way. My teeth are jacked. I have yeah. braces. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's one of those things that people are always thinking about. So when you make them aware of a solution that is convenient and cost-effective and everything else, that's how you, you get them in. Now, whether they're ready to go is a question. Um you know, like I said before, with the the university question, it's like you get some people that are like, "I'm ready to start right now," and you have some people going, "I'm just gathering information." Um, so, how do you get in terms of like the conversion cycle from there? How do you get them to that next step? But yeah, it's a lot of awareness and you know, competitive. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to spill too many beans, but you know, competitive marketing, like everybody does. Sure. So, of course, you know. I th- I think I'm, I think I've said as much as I'm allowed to say. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What's, um, you know, for, for those, you know, we talked earlier, circling back just to email, um, you know, nobody's, nobody's sitting in college thinking like, boy, I, you know, I can't wait to start my email marketing career. It's usually something that they stumble into. What are, what are the traits that you've seen work well among you know, your peers or people on your team? I mean, what are, as you hire um, for those types of roles or, or any of these like digital CRM focus roles, I mean, what's the mindset you're looking for? What are the good traits to have? Uh, inquisitiveness is huge. I think, um, you know, willing to ask questions is big. Willing to be wrong is big. Because, I mean, we talk about if you follow well, really anything that's marketing related, you hear about testing all the time, but it doesn't get talked about a lot that probably 90% of your tests are going to fail or just not work, or, you know, or maybe just, just not be anything or, right. or just not be anything. Right. I mean, yeah. gosh, I think 80% of the tests I ran at purple were flat and I'm like, mm. damn it. Like, can I get a winner <laughs> just once, you know, yeah. or even a loser, like just give me an answer somewhere. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and, the, you know, so I think that inquisitiveness and that willingness to be wrong and to test hypotheses and, and all that, that, that willingness to test is huge. Um, and, and just that understanding of, like, I, I think I've said before, like the best email teams are the ones that have, you know, a strategy component, an operations component, a... Um, creative component and then gosh there's a fourth one and now i'm blanking damn it um the fourth one it was strategy ops creative data data being oh, yeah. the fourth pillar right and whether that's you know directly on the team or dotted line from you know data engineering or analytics or whatever like the best teams have those four phases and you're not going to find you are not going to be a person that can do all four on your own so it's I think the best ones are the ones that know what they're good at. Like I like to say, I know enough of a lot of things to be dangerous. So I know enough email code to edit and be dangerous. I know enough creative to be dangerous. I know enough data stuff to be dangerous. So like, there's, there's a point of like being open and learning and learning enough that you can ask the right questions, but also know when you are not the expert in the room. Um, and then, and then to cede that to other people, you know, when I built my team at purple, that's, those are the four components I built for was like, I need people who do operations. So they're in the platform every day. 
they're just making sure stuff goes out. And like the, the developers, right, are, are yep. under there. Then you have the strategic component, which is really, that's the hardest component. People think strategy is, people conflate strategy and tactics a lot. Like, oh, we're going to do an abandoned cart thing. We're just going to get three emails and we're going to go. And that's great. That's a starting point. But then you get to a point where you get enough data where you go, why? And that why question is the hardest question to answer. Like, mm -hmm. why is this working this way? Um, and then what's next from there? And so going back to the original things, like inquisitive, inquisitiveness, patience is a big thing um, because especially building a testing program requires patience and just like, yeah, you just need to be patient because really what you're looking for and this is true with really anything, whether it's email or not, is incremental improvement. And incremental improvement doesn't happen overnight. Um, and then I think lastly is the, and I suck at this, by the way, personally, is the ability to toot your own horn. Because it wasn't until really the last few companies I worked for that CRM slash email was a thing that was respected and understood to the point that it's like, this is really important. Um, and I feel like you talked going back to what's different now versus 2009 when I first got in, it's just respect for the channel, especially since COVID has gone up just Im immensely, right? Like, o oh, email is our channel. Like, yeah. Oh, it's been there the whole time, but you know, it's, it's a thing. So, you know, it used to be that email was, I like to say email is the offensive lineman of marketing channels. Nobody really cares about it till it goes wrong, till something goes wrong. <laughs> um, like you, if you like, and if you ever watched a football game, it's if you mention the offensive lineman, usually that means they're holding or the false start or something, you know. And the email is kind of the same way, but now. It's like, let's talk about Pro Bowl offensive linemen and how they're great and how they clear holes and, and block for the quarterback and do all these things that enable everybody else to be their shiny objects and get their pay. <laughs> it's, it's a great metaphor. I mean, we, we often talk about it too. Like it's, it is that reliable thing, but we, sometimes we, we think of businesses thinking of email as plumbing. It's one of those, like, we, it just, it's not the sexiest thing to talk about mm -hmm. um, at the CMO level. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of shinier things, um, but you need, you need plumbing. You need it. It, it helps things work. <laughs> you know, it helps improve life, right? It's an essential need. Um, and uh, it is, it, it is sexy. It can be sexy. If it's I think right. that, you know, email suffers from being cheap in comparison to other it channels. Does. Um, and so when it's and not old, a huge, relatively old, I mean, it's too, old, yeah. but I think when it's not an, a line item, that's as huge. I mean, when I go and do a, re, a two year renewal and it costs less than a month of Google, right. You know, it's, it's a different animal, but, yeah. but that also gives you the latitude to test and to do different things because it's not like, Oh my God, our ROAS dropped 50%. It's like if your ROAS dropped 50%, you're going from what? That's that's a big drop because the email's ROAS is ridiculous. Right. I mean, right. you know, when I was at Purple, it was over 400 bucks because, you know, $3,500 mattress. So, 
It also helps to sell expensive things. Expensive the stuff. looks a lot better. <laughs> um, well, Scott, this was, this was a great conversation. It's always great chatting with you. And I hope to see you on the road in person at some point here uh, as we hopefully enter that uh, yeah. more agreed upon post-COVID uh and uh but uh this was a great conversation uh best of luck with everything at smile direct club and uh, looking forward to seeing what you're doing there this is uh scott cohen he's the director of crm lead conversion smile direct club and the reigning email marketer of the year Um, that's right i'll toot your horn i'll sometimes i sometimes forget about it like trophy is right behind me on the wall and i just go i didn't forget forget. about it scott i got you i got you i appreciate it Thanks for being on, buddy. Thanks. This has been In Gear, brought to you by Message Gears. Visit us at messagegears.com and be sure to subscribe so that you get new episodes as soon as they drop. We'll see you next time.